Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from the Maine Community Foundation, working with donors and other partners to improve the quality of life for all Maine people on the web at maincf.org. It's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online at WERU.org. Talk of the Towns with your host Ron Beard is up next. Good morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities to share what works to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns began in 1993 with support from University of Maine Cooperative Extension. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, and our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be of benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. Well, from its earliest days, Ellsworth has been a hub for the local economy and the seat of county government. It's a crossroads for those traveling east to west and between Bangor and the coast. Recently, efforts to revitalize a once vibrant downtown have combined with citizens' desires to make Ellsworth a model green city. And we're very happy to have some folks here in the studio and by phone who can help us understand um, what led to the Greening of Ellsworth initiative and um, see what's next. Um, On the phone, we have uh, with us uh, Mary Blackstone, Ellsworth uh, head of the Ellsworth Garden Club. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, Mary. Ron, good morning. Thank you so much for having us on. And you're not in Ellsworth today. Um, you have a, another gig that you do on the, the west coast of Canada. Is that right? Yes. Well, the, probably the cold heartland of Canada today. So, we're, um, Mary, we're having a difficult time understanding you because of some phone connections. We'll try to reach you again in a few minutes and see if we can't improve that connection. In the studio with us, we have Aaron Doherty, um, Friendships Bay Conservancy. Uh, welcome to you, Aaron. Thank you. Good morning, Ron. And Britt Cecatelli, who is with the Downey Salmon Federation. Welcome to you, Brett. Thanks, Ron. While we're seeing if we can get Mary back on the phone, um, give us a little background on your own organizations and what led you to get involved in the Ellsworth Green Plan, starting with you, Aaron. Sure. Thank you. Uh, well, Frenchman Bay Conservancy is a nonprofit land trust, and we are celebrating our 31st year of existence. Um, we work in the Ellsworth area east to the Hancock County line and actually have a mission to conserve distinctive ecosystems, lands, and waters for the benefit of all in that region. Uh, for a long time, we've done a lot of conservation work um, through conservation easements and uh, purchasing or receiving donations of some pretty remarkable properties, um, ensuring at least 25 miles of public access, hiking trails. Looking to Ellsworth, this was a little bit of a different opportunity. It was a chance to take that experience in landscape conservation and translating that into a, a finer scale look at a community and you know what what really the community needs, which you know sometimes is uh, improved bike and walk access or green space on a small scale in certain areas, and kind of thinking about what growth is going to look like in the city over time. So it's it's a fun opportunity. It's a new uh, thing for us, and I think we can um, 
uh, bring together a lot of expertise to, to make it work. Mm, we'll come back and a little, learn a little bit more from you in a minute. Um, Brett, tell us a little bit about why the Downey Salmon Federation is interested in, and some of its work um, in the region. Um, well, the Downey Salmon Federation, we're based primarily down in Washington County and Columbia Falls, and a lot of people know us through our annual Smelt Fry, which is happening this year on April 21st uh, in downtown Columbia Falls. But the organization was started by anglers about 30 years ago or so who saw the decline of Atlantic salmon in our rivers and have since then worked to both bring back um, Atlantic salmon to our Downeast rivers, improve habitat, um, we conserve land, we raise uh, native Atlantic salmon and hatcheries down east. And then in recent years, we've become really involved with small um, native river fisheries at besides salmon, so smelt and river herring. Um, and our area of interest kind of ranges from the, the Bagaduce River all the way down to um, to the St. Croix. So we say the Bagaduce to the border. And Ellsworth, um, as many people know, has this big river, the Union, right in downtown, which is a really important historic Atlantic salmon river, but also kind of a, a key watershed for other native native fish species. And a few years ago, we started putting some more attention um, on the Union as it came up to its federal license for the, the Union River dams. And that began really with just having um, our executive director and his son coming through Ellsworth and noticing dead fish in the river. And um, that led to a bunch of sort of discoveries and, um, you know, and, and hopefully some changes for that river. So mm. so it's amazing to think about the, the Union River as a salmon um, river because there's set this monster dam, um, certainly historic back to the early 1900s. Um, so is that when salmon were prevented from going upstream, uh, basically, um, with the uh, creation of that dam? Yeah, 1907 would have been one of the last times um, the river was open from source to sea. There had been dams in Ellsworth for a long time. We have sort of found records going back into the early part of the 1800s, um, people advocating to keep fish passage in that river. Um, but there was never anything so big or so permanent, and uh, populations kind of hung on. This region you know, went through several periods post-colonization where you know, we overfished, we dammed the rivers, but there was always enough of a population to come back, and we're kind of at another place where we're still – you know the fish are there. Um, we just need to give them give them the way in. Mm. Well, we'll come back to some of that perhaps. Now we do have Mary Blackstone on the line. Uh, Mary is head of the Ellsworth Garden Club, and we were asking her a moment ago um, what her her winter um, employment is that takes her to um, Canada. Uh, Mary, go ahead. Good morning, Ron. I hope I'm a little bit uh, clearer at yes. your end now. Yes. Um, well, I'm a retired professor, and as it happens, I have a research uh, prog- program, a research center that I, that I run in Canada that also has an ecological orientation to it. So that's what I'm doing right at the moment. Well, tell us a little bit about the Ellsworth Garden Club and why it um, chose to initiate this larger-scale um, greening effort. You think of garden clubs doing certain kinds of projects, um, but nothing on this scale. Tell us a little bit about what led the garden club to take the lead in this, in this initiative. Well, actually, it's a, it's a bit of a misunderstanding, particularly garden clubs these days. Uh, we begin our programs by reciting the Conservation Pledge, which is all about uh, promising to protect and conserve the natural resources of our planet Earth. So the green plan process is actually not a stretch at all, but it's really a mainline 
concern for, for all garden clubs, and certainly the Ellsworth Garden Club. We've done three green plans. This is the third. And um, in the past, the focus was primarily on green spaces. But that was, uh, the last one was in the 1980s. And the Garden Club, uh, this time, we began, to, we, we get a lot of requests to do projects relating to green spaces. Uh, we do about eight to ten projects in the community a year. And we began to ask, you know, what is the plan here? What, what, uh, what's the larger plan rather than one-off projects? What are we contributing to in the long run? And so it seemed timely to do a green plan, but it also seemed that in 2017, when we started this, um, that a green plan needs to encompass more than just green spaces. Mm. It needs to look at our water resources and things like energy and waste management and sustainable maintenance. So those are things that led us to reach out to other organizations in the community and try to really open this up to an entire, to a very broad citizens initiative um, that would focus more widely on our environment and how our communities are set up to contribute positively to a green environment. Mm, that's so helpful to, um, to see that background. And I, I'm reminded that this is Aldo Leopold's birth month, I think. And uh, Aldo is certainly the, the the father or the mother kind of figure of, of con- conservation. And uh, so I'm glad to know that little bit more about uh, garden clubs. Mary, can you help us a little bit with the kind of history of, of Ellsworth uh, I think you grew up in that region, and, and uh, many people have driven through Ellsworth but might not know um, a little bit more about its history. Brett was was talking about uh, fisheries in part of its history a moment ago before you were able to join us. But give us a thumbnail sketch of Ellsworth as you understand its history. Well, yes, I, I've, I'm, I'm passionate about the city where I, I grew up, and I've, I've had a home uh, for my entire life. Um, and its history, uh, both past and you know, its present situation, as well as its history, its history, really revolves around its natural resources and the environment. I'm sure Brett was um, speaking about the importance of the river to the community. We probably wouldn't have a city of Ellsworth if there weren't a Union River there. That was really the, the lifeblood, the heart of the community initially. And it was because there was this enormous interest in uh, the forests and mm. the natural resources that those forests could provide. Um, and so that the history of Ellsworth uh, is, is around the, the value of the land and what was growing on the land. And today uh, we may have turned our back a bit on the Union River. Um, we're not as presently aware of the importance of those forestry resources as people would have been when the river was lined with mills. But we're more presently aware in another sense because every summer our uh, streets are full of visitors streaming through Ellsworth to our Acadia National Park. And so the value of the natural resources around us is abundantly clear still. And I think for for many people that I meet that are new to Ellsworth, they understand that too, because often they've moved to our area because of 
the natural <coughs> resources, the very special resources that we have to offer. Mm. So as you thought about gathering a, a broader um, kind of coalition of folks, um, who did you reach out to? What kinds of folks um, did you um, say, uh, join us in thinking about a, a green plan that's perhaps broader and, and is, is broader in nature? Well, um, the, the whole conception of this is that it's citizens-based. It's mm. a citizens' initiative because, in fact, if we're going to make a difference in terms of our being a green community, we really need to have a strong citizens' base. It's not something that city council can simply legislate. It's something that everybody has to get behind and be a part of. So we have um, we engaged in the process a lot of individuals, but we also realized the importance of in engaging other partner organizations like the Garden Club that, that have a strong connection to the, the citizens of our community. So... They're certainly a major player in this from the very beginning. Strong supporters has been the city of Ellsworth, um, the city government on our Green Plan Steering Committee. Um, we have Gary Fortier, who's a city councillor. We also have Michelle Gagnon, who's a city planner, and occasionally um, our city manager drops in to, to meetings of our uh, planning process. So they've been strong supporters. One of their commissions, the Historic Preservation Commission, is represented on our on our committee. Um, and then we have other organizations that have come on board strongly from the very beginning. So uh, you have Aaron there from Frenchman Bay Conservancy, and obviously you have Brett from the Downey Salmon Federation. Those have been two obvious players in the process from the very beginning. We have uh, Healthy Acadia represented. Um, we also have um, the Heart of Ellsworth um, represented on our team. And, of course, we've had strong support from the College of the Atlantic, uh, where students from the very beginning, as you well know, Ron, uh, <laughs> since you were behind that, that particular class, they gave us such a good start in giving us a sense of how participatory democracy could be applied to making this work. And then we have an, another class lining up to help us in some of the real practical uh, details of how we work out this written plan. Mm. And Mary, uh, again, going back a little bit to history, I think Ellsworth conceived of itself um, after its manufacturing days as kind of a retail center. And um, that led to, um, of course, something that happened in all American cities, and that was the, the development of uh, strip malls and so on. And then much more recently, um, uh, an effort to kind of reclaim the downtown as a, a vibrant commercial space with the, with the grand um, uh, theater there and, and restaurants and so on, uh, th that's got to be a part of, of the future of Ellsworth, don't you think? Yes, and, and obviously that, that's why Heart of Ellsworth is very strongly involved with our, with our process and their efforts dovetail so well. I mean, the, what we're doing supports their initiatives and vice versa. Um, so that, and I, and I think it's part of a larger process that's happening with the city. I mean, we talk about the city of Ellsworth. Ellsworth is a, is a very small city by comparison with, with most megacities. 
Um, but it's in it's in this process of transition. It's one of the largest. It's one of the fastest growing communities in in Maine, and uh, it's beginning to realize that that uh, heavy heavy focus on business versus we're a great place to live, and incidentally, you can work here too. <laughs> um, there people, I think, in across the community, not just city government, but it includes city government, are beginning to recognize that Ellsworth is in a, in a transitional phase, moving from a small city to a somewhat larger city where people are moving in with expectations uh, of the kind of city amenities um, that you might expect in a somewhat larger place. And the, the city is, I think, in a point of, of struggling to see how it can provide and support all of those expectations. But seeing through um, the uh, rising development of the Jackson Laboratory facilities, that perhaps there's a different cachet for the city of Ellsworth rather than we're a great place to do business. Yes, Ellsworth is a terrific place to do business, but it's also a great place to live, and we're really conscious of living in harmony with our environment. And that's really where um, I think your mention of the um, the Garden Club saying, okay, what are we contributing to? And the realization that you wanted a, um, a larger kind of uh, framework uh, for yeah. all of this good work. Yeah. Um, there, you know, you have to ask as you're creating uh, beautiful parks and green spaces with wonderful recreational facilities and that kind of thing, or, are you just creating, say, pretty pictures, um, or are you actually creating a functional space that contributes to the breadth of the biodiversity of our environment? And, you know, those are the kinds of questions we began to ask. Can we, can we across the city of Ellsworth, create a space that is not just a great place for people to live, but also is a way station for... Um, wildlife that's either passing through or living there and can we make our our community stronger in that in that respect let me get some um, reaction to to those statements from our guests here in the studio aaron doherty of french's bay conservancy and brett Ciccatelli from downey salmon federation aaron why then uh, did um french's bay conservancy decide to to get involved in this effort yeah that's a great question ron and um you know, I just want to add a little bit more to to what Mary was saying. I mean, I think that she paints a really helpful picture of of how Ellsworth has progressed. And um, you know, there's the, so there's a lot of different aspects of the city. It, it's it's a it's a big geographic area. Um, Mary also mentioned that it's one of the fastest growing municipalities, fastest growing city in uh, Maine over I think the period is 2000 to 2015, with um, roughly 28 percent growth during that time period. Um, but there's a, we're only talking about 7,000 to 8,000 residents, so a lot of growth in a, in a small city. And there's different development patterns. If you look at downtown, you've got sort of the early days of how the city developed back you know, when Mary was talking about, for example, the river being the focus. And then when the river wasn't so much the focus, uh, the, the sort of development that happened on High Street took place where – you know, I think people look back at that now and, and people use all of those shops along High Street and then, and they also like to walk in the downtown. So 
that's the pattern that we have so far, sort of a couple different patterns. Now looking forward, the question is what do we want this to look like and what are the green spaces that are going to exist within the city? You know, you could think about a few different things. For example, you know, Ellsworth is a big area, but let's imagine for a moment what a build-out looks like. You know, if you if – you, um, could imagine far into the future where we have developed all the various spaces that we could develop within the city of Ellsworth. What does that look like? And is that a place where we still want to live and where we still want to work and raise families? And are there still green spaces where we can get out and walk and and hike and enjoy the water? So, you know, I think having that vision in mind, whether it's where we want to go or not, is a really helpful one because it, it allows us to plan and think a little bit about the future. So, Getting back to your question, Ron, about why Frenchman Bay Conservancy is getting involved, um, one thing that piqued our interest was a couple of years ago, the city uh, commissioned a vision process. And as part of that, they conducted a survey to understand what people in this community want. Uh, So there were uh, a few hundred people that responded. Most of them actually live in Ellsworth um, year-round. They work there. They own a business in the city. There were a few things that they were particularly concerned about. One of them was uh, the empty storefronts in downtown. So they're looking at the ways this community is changing and thinking, you know, this is a problem that there's some empty storefronts in, in downtown and, and, and maybe the, the tendency now is to build on the outskirts. What is that going to mean for Ellsworth? So that, that's an open question. Most of the people that responded also wanted to see the city redevelop uh, Water Street and the and the corridor surrounding the Union River. So really prioritizing that downtown and the adjacent waterfront area, but making sure that it works for the people who live in the city, thinking about affordable housing, um, affordable in the context, for example, of a young family being able to live in Ellsworth um, or uh, retired people um, living in Ellsworth as well. So thinking about the variety of demographics. And the biggest thing that stood out for us was the demand for recreation opportunities. And I think that this is really exciting. So this is where you kind of think about land conservation in a more traditional context. 71% of the respondents wanted trail systems for walking and biking. And um, far more than half wanted riverfront access and public, uh, public spaces available. And they prioritize uh, public drinking water supplies. So you know, we had the great experience several years ago of working with the city to conserve uh, Branch Lake. We conserved over 400, about 450 acres around um, Branch Lake. So the city forest, that's an easement that we hold and the, and the city owns that property that protects public drinking water. So as we're looking forward now, thinking about all these things that I mentioned about how the city is going to grow, about what housing is going to look like, what life is going to be like within Ellsworth, um, I think that we have an opportunity to help uh, with that and, and to get people to collectively think about what are the green spaces we want to protect and how do we do that. Um, so I think that's where we fit in and, and we're pretty excited to help play that role. Mm. I'm going to ask Mary for uh, another comment and then we'll probably let her to go because we have some other folks we're going to call from um, the uh, steering committee. Uh, but uh, Mary, this 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 notion of bringing a group of people together, did you have any surprises when so many people said, yes, I want to be involved in this? Um, what, 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 uh, what was so satisfying about those early, early gatherings that you hosted a year or so ago? Um, I guess the very the very first uh, forum that we held in January of 2017, um, there was standing room only. That was the first surprise. <laughs> um, and I guess the the surprise that has continued um, when I from looking starting with 
uh, looking at the registration forms for that event, was that um, fully a third of the people who attended that meeting offered to be involved in the steering committee or some part of this process. Mm. So it wasn't just general interest, wanting to get your voice heard, uh, certainly at that forum, but it was a real desire to roll up your sleeves and get involved. And so whether we're talking to city government or whether we're talking to the individual on the street, you know, so far I have not heard anybody say, this is a terrible (laughs) idea, why are you wasting your time doing that? The flip side has been consistently all along the way. What can I do? How can I help? How can I get involved? And I'm just, I'm just stunned by the level of participation in this. I mean, we have people responding out of the blue to our Facebook page saying, I see you've got this, um, uh, you're going to be doing this river walk project this summer can I can I get involved? Can I help? Uh, that's way off in in the summertime, but we in January we had people reading about that and saying, "Yeah, I want to help." Um, so it, it's very clear that the community is interested in this. There are t- two things that I think that are needed. Um, one, a lot of them need some education. Exactly, what can I do that's meaningful and is going to make a difference? And that, that really is a component of what we're doing, the education side of things. And the other is the planning side of things, trying to catalyze the community to come up with ideas and then put it down on paper with a time frame. We're not going to become a model green community, which was the goal that people strongly articulated at that first session. We're not going to become a model green community in five years, 10 years, or even 15 years. We're, going, we're, we're starting at, at ground zero, and we're moving forward, though, and a plan will get us there over time. And um, the fact that people seem to be strongly buying into this, um, interest is still coming out to forums. We, we have a forum coming up on March 19th that revolves around energy, and we're hoping we're going to have the same participation in that energy forum that we've had in all of our forums so far, um, a community coming out to really think through uh, a component of this green planning process and try to plug into how we can make a difference. Well, great, Mary, it's so inspirational to hear you talk, and I think that that um, love of community that you bring to the process um, is what is motivating so many others. Um, people love their place, and yeah. um, you're giving them um, the opportunity to get involved. So we're going to let you go, thanking you for both your leadership and for participating this morning on Talk of the Towns. Thanks well, so much. Well, thank you so much, Ron, for, for giving us an opportunity this morning. Okay. Mary Blackstone is the head of the Ellsworth Garden Club, and one one of the people who is um, working so hard on um, Ellsworth as a model green community, a long-term prospect. In the studio, we um, have uh, Brett Tricotelli from the Downey Salmon Federation and Aaron Doherty of Frenchman's Bay Conservancy. Uh, Brett, why do you suppose the Downey Salmon Federation decided to, to get involved in this particular effort? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Ron. Um, I think the Salmon Federation, I know our interest in... Um, Looking at Ellsworth as a model green community or just a model community in our in our region, 
really came out of this idea that, as Mary and Aaron echoed, the river, the Union River, is a really important part of Ellsworth. Mm. Historically, um, still today, whether it's been playing the best role, um, we kind of d- didn't think it was. I mean, we had a river that has been much more focused on um, energy production for one sort of one player. And we think, well, given this chance we have, which is this relicensing process, um, why don't we get a river that makes energy and that's also um, has better water quality and has access to na- for native fish species? And um, the start of the Green Plan Steering Committee kind of coincided with that licensing process and with our kind of focused organizational interest on the union. So we felt, well, what a great place to get involved um, and be part of the sort of the thinking process around the river. And I'll echo what Mary said too. I mean, the amount of people who come out of the woodwork who want to be involved in this stuff in Ellsworth is is amazing. Um, we at first were spending a lot of time on our own doing work monitoring the dams and kind of getting information out. And now people call us and tell us. They tell us when something's up. They ask us questions. There's um, really an amazing amount of interest and passion in Ellsworth around the river. And we just think, you know, you can't have a green community if you don't have a green river or a blue river, I guess. And we're not quite there yet. So we're hoping that this process kind of drives that forward. Mm, great. Well, let's talk now um, by phone to Kara Romano. Welcome back to Talk of the Towns. Kara, uh, you're the um, head of uh, the Heart of Ellsworth. Tell us a little bit about the Heart of Ellsworth and how it intersects with um, the, the green planning process. Um, thank you, Ron, for uh, for having us on today. Um, yes, my name is Kara Romano. I'm the executive director of the Heart of Ellsworth, and we're a, a nonprofit, um, community-driven organization that is here to uh, champion Ellsworth, um, focusing on all things that uh, concern the uh, the downtown region of Ellsworth and uh, and surrounding communities. And um, we think that our involvement um, with this group, uh, the Green Plan. Um, is pretty important um, regarding uh, a lot of things uh, with downtown, um, and we feel that this is uh, a great opportunity for the Heart of Elders to be uh, involved in um, a, a sort of a group that is kind of leading, um, trying to find clarity in um, in all of this to uh, to sort of make Ellsworth a, a better place to, uh, to to live and work and uh, and to recreate. One of the things that you've done is to just to call attention to um, some of those um, empty storefronts that uh, Aaron was mentioning and uh, trying to re- rekindle um, a, a belief in, in the walkability of a downtown. Um, I know that you held, a, I think, a farmer's market in a, in a side street, closed the street down. So you're, you're, you're kind of making Ellsworth a, a place where people want to come to and, and shop. Yeah, we've uh, we've worked on quite a few um, initiatives trying to get people to uh, to return downtown to uh, to take them have them looking at the river again and uh, to sort of take inventory of uh, of what is down here to uh, to, to offer um, people in the community and um, a couple of different things that we've done we've done our uh, we did our annual event last year uh, Taste of Ellsworth and we're doing that again uh, on June thirtieth. Um, right there, sort of in the the center of downtown, right on Franklin Street, we shut the uh, the street down, and uh, this year we're doubling that event uh, in size, and so we're pretty excited about that. Um, and that does it does promote quite a bit of uh, visitation downtown, as well as uh, trying to get people out in the street and just sort of be eating with a view of City Hall and reminding people that uh, these things that we sort of pass by and sometimes become complacent with that uh, to, to take inventory again. 
Great. And I think you're going to pass the phone to uh, Nick Navarre. Um, Nick is a part of the steering committee, and uh, if we could um, talk with Nick, that would be great. Okay. Thank you. Hello? Nick, welcome to Talk of the Towns. Um, I understand that you're um, on the steering committee for the Ellsworth uh, Green Plan, uh, particularly interested in, in the walkability, the bikeability of the town. Give us a little bit about your own background and how and why you decided to get involved. Uh, well, I'm just a community member. Um, went to high school here in Ellsworth, graduated last year, uh, walked home every single day from school. So all that's a great uh, form of exercise that really builds community um, and gets people out and about. It's, of course, uh, carbon neutral and um, <laughs> is a great community builder and has all sorts of benefits, everything from economic development to community health. What were some of the barriers you saw to making Ellsworth more walkable and bikeable? Um, could you identify some things that, uh, that then you found common cause with some of your colleagues there in the, in the steering committee? Uh, we found um, a significant portion of missing crosswalks throughout the city, which we have uh, uh, been able to identify and provide to the city planner to be addressed, as well as missing uh, bits of sidewalk and other infrastructure uh, maintenance needs, as well as just general connectivity of other neighborhoods, such as like uh, street area to high street area and other outskirt neighborhoods. And it, and it really does take someone walking um, to point these things out. We're so um, often in our automobiles, and we do not see what you see as a, as a walker. Is that right? Nick, are you there? We may have lost Nick. That's too bad. If we can get, if we can get him back, that's fine. If not, um, um, we've got other things that we can move on to talk about. Aaron? Yeah. Oh, hello. Oh, back here. Okay, yes. Nick, so I was asking, um, I, was, I, was, I was saying that we don't see the things that you just pointed out unless we, in fact, do walk um, in, in town Ellsworth. Um, so you're such a valuable resource to uh, the planners and others. Um, are there particular projects you'd like to see going forward that are a combination, perhaps, of the city and citizens? Um, we really envision having all Ellsworth neighborhoods connected. We'd love to see um, sidewalks considering all through all of Ellsworth's business districts and residential neighborhoods and really building those connections that will get people moving and mobilia, mil, um, getting them able to and get I around by foot easier. And I understand there is a, a new development just off of High Street, um, some some uh, um, medium income apartments, uh, that sort of thing. So that would be part of what you're trying to connect. Yes, we're trying to get those people to be able to feel safe enough and um, adequate infrastructure to get them to their daily essentials. Well, Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Um, a shout out to Carol Martin, who I think is facilitating your meeting there today. Um, so um, I'll let you get back to that. And thanks to you and Kara for, for being involved this morning on Talk of the Towns. Okay, thank you for having me on. Great. Those were um, Kara Romano of the Heart of Ellsworth um, and Nick Navarre, who is a citizen, recent graduate of Ellsworth High School, um, interested in and working very hard on the walkability and bikeability of Ellsworth. Um, we'll open up our phone lines uh, now, one 866 
625-9378. That's toll-free, 1-866-625-9378. As we talk about making Ellsworth a model green community, give us a call with your own experience or your questions for our guests here in the studio, Aaron Doherty and Brett Ciccatelli. Um, Aaron, you were going to make a comment perhaps about uh, some of the walkability aspects of, of Ellsworth. Yeah, thank you, Ron. <clears throat> um, you know, I just, I guess, first wanted to put in a plug for all the great work that Nick is doing. I mean, this young man has put together a survey and had probably hundreds of people fill out the survey, which um, also confirms and kind of adds more detail to some of the information that I was sharing a little bit earlier from the visioning survey that the city did. And, you know, you can just imagine if you've had to walk through Ellsworth from one part of High Street to the other, for example, especially in the wintertime, snowbanks in the way, you know, how, how how do you actually physically get out and do that? It's a really good question. And I think the sort of questions that Nick is raising is helpful. But beyond that, I would say that while there is a lot of interest within city government to do this right now, you know, the willingness is there. Um, they they need the, the resources that people like Nick and others on the steering committee can bring together. So that's really the benefit here is I think we've got some very supportive people in the city planner and representatives from the city council, the city manager in Ellsworth. And it's a small government, so they, they could use all the resources they can get if there are more people who can who can come to the table and bring this information, whether it's, uh, you know, from a survey or whatever, that's really helpful. Um, I, I do want to mention that, uh, you know, this work has taken off over the last several months. We've gotten support from the Quimby Family Foundation, the Elmina Sewell uh, Foundation, as well as uh, Maine Community Foundation, Hancock County Fund. Um, and... Uh, and I would also just add that uh, the, the time frame uh, thing I think is important to to uh, to take a look at. So um, Mary had said before that, you know, we're looking over the long time frame and she mentioned 5, 10, 15 years. And while I, while I would concur with that, I also want to add the other side of, of the coin, which is that there are things that can be done today. There are things that can be done this year, next year, and every year thereafter. And in fact, there are some things that already have been done, and I just want to mention a couple. Great. Um, one of them is just a small step, but it's it's a significant step. The city of Ellsworth has now hired an organic lawn care company. So they're mindful of the Union River, as Brett was talking about it, and the fisheries that have been so important to this region for years. And they don't want to dump lots of nutrients and pesticides and chemicals into our water. And, uh, and you know, I, I think that they probably care about children and families in the area as well in our public health, which is also why organizations like Healthy Acadia are involved in this from uh, from a public health perspective, um, as well as uh, an opportunity to get out and exercise and recreate. And another update that I want to mention is um, that Frenchman Bay Conservancy is working hard to conserve additional green spaces. We have um, Indian Point in Ellsworth, which is 13 acres, and, and so, that's just south of the the waterfront. Just um, south, exactly right. Yep. So if you're if you're at the Harbor Park, for example, and you look look to the left, that beautiful wooded point there on the Union River is is a preserve that's open for all, and we encourage people to go check it out. Just down from that is Jordan Homestead, and we had a great celebration there last fall. A lot of people came out and joined us uh, for some some donuts and and fresh uh, apple cider and a walk down to the river. And so we're looking at places like that property and others uh, to to conserve while there are still green spaces uh, for, for uh, additional trails in the future. Mm. Where are you in the planning process? So what, how would you describe um, where you are and, and what what's happening right now? What, what, what are you missing by not being at the steering committee meeting, for instance? <laughs> uh, well, so 
You know, with any process where you have a dozen or more organizations and individuals, you really need some uh, some organization, someone pulling the pieces together. And so we thankfully, uh, you, you mentioned Carol Martin. Uh, thankfully, we just hired Carol as our facilitator um, for at least the next uh, nine or ten months. And uh, she brings a lot of expertise in helping to bring out the ideas in the group but more importantly, helping us to understand what expertise we're lacking and where there are opportunities for public input. So there's going to be a lot of focus on um, continuing to engage the public. And where we are so far is, you know, we have a core of um, ideas uh, structure for the plan already that includes um, several different committees. There's the green and conserved spaces, waterfront waterways and water management, sustainable maintenance and environmental interface, waste management, recycling, composting, renewable energy, energy efficiency, public transportation, and sustainable development. And, you know, I think we might have cheated there by squeezing about uh, 12 <laughs> different things in, into the space of yeah, six. But right. um, we've got a structure in mind. Uh -huh. And uh, and the challenge now is how do we translate that into something that people can really get behind and that people see their own fingerprints on, their own um, – you know, desires in and uh, something that is actionable that can be implemented through the city's comprehensive plan over that time frame that Mary was talking about. Mm. One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight or locally four six nine zero five zero zero. If you've got a question or comment about our conversation this morning, making Ellsworth a model green community, Brett, what would you add to the the planning process in terms of where you see things are right now? I think Aaron's Aaron's perfectly right there about figuring out we're at the point where we're almost trying to get people to to see how they can plug in um, mm -hmm. the broader community. The steering committee has been a great place, I think, for some of the the thought process behind sort of what we want. And um, for example, we had a the Green Drinks, which is another sort of organization community group starting in Ellsworth, hosted an event uh, a few weeks ago at Fogtown Brewery, and they um, gave resources to us, to the Green Plan as part of that event. But there were about 50 people who came out who were new to the, the steering committee idea and they kept saying, well, what what can we do today? What right. can we do tomorrow? Sure. How do we involve ourselves? And I think that's really where we're at is, like, okay, we know some of the things that we, we think should be done here and you know we're working on this sort of larger vision process, but also now – how do we plug in those those energized people? Because we know that volunteers um, uh, are different today. Um, There's not a lot of people signing up to be on boards of directors, as I know and Aaron knows and you, you, you know as well, Brett. But our people are interested in kind of shorter episodes where they can roll up their sleeves. And Aaron, I know that you have people who still really like to build trails. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, we want to give the opportunity for those kinds of efforts. So the, the, the greening of spaces um, is a logical place for people to plug in. Um, but are there other opportunities that you see coming up where that kind of ready, um, ready shovel-ready kind of project is, is, is possible as you've talked about them? Yeah, well, so, so a couple things that I think we could mention. Um, I, I can't recall if Mary mentioned the March 19th event that's coming up. Um, that's an important discussion on energy, and, it, and it's actually sharing some of the information that uh, 
um, the, the folks on MDI have, have put together um, a climate to thrive, I believe it's called. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a great example. And that's on um, March 19th, 19th 7 p.m. at the Moore Community Center there in Ellsworth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, another one is uh, Cardbrook uh, cleanup in a celebration of uh, the Union River watershed. And uh, and so that'll be coming up. That's always a great opportunity. And it was started really by the city and uh, people from College of the Atlantic and uh, Frenchman Bay Conservancy um, got involved. And we've we've helped to lead this effort over the last few years. So that's, um, you know, it's really fun to get out. And, uh, you know, even though we're picking up trash and some, you know, may, that may not be so glamorous, it's a lot of fun to just be with friends and good company and, and actually kind of see Ellsworth in a little bit different light. You know, everyone drives down High Street over Cardbrook and, and and most people probably don't notice it, but uh, it's that little strip of green space. And so um, – yeah, Right it, next to Pizza Hut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, well, shout know, out to Ken thing. Klein who uh, at College of <clears throat> yeah. who was behind that so much. Um, we have a, do have a phone call. Um, uh, David from Brooklyn called one 625 to have a, a role in this conversation. Go ahead, David, with your question or comment, please. Yeah, thanks for the show and thanks for the effort. Yeah. I'm just calling in with a couple ideas. It's it's much easier to call in with ideas than it is to actually uh, get anything into practice. So I, I really salute what you folks are doing there. Uh, just a couple things I've been thinking about in Brooklyn without actually getting much doing it together. But, uh, you know, little steps, little steps uh, are, uh, one, uh a, a public uh, uh, production of compost operation, uh, organic compost, and, you know, of course, the subsequent distribution throughout the community to gardeners who would be interested, of course, in using it. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing that I think can be a fairly good uh, focuser of, of local enthusiasm and energy uh, you know, it's actually sort of fun to make a compost pile, especially if you make a big enough one to be able to be useful to uh, a whole group of of small uh, backyard gardeners uh, rather than just yourself. Uh, you know, it's something the schools could become involved in, the school kids uh, recycling, you know, their, their trash. Uh, I know there's an awful lot of waste material in the various supermarkets. Uh, there's there's uh, a, a few dairy farmers could probably be uh, interested in uh, either selling or contributing a little bit of manure, uh, and you, you got something that is you know not only uh, involving but also very uh, creative. Of I mean, if you're going to go organic, which I think is a really good idea, you got to have compost. Great, and so you got to make. It. And the other thing, the other idea I have for Brooklyn that I think would work in any uh, small to medium-sized town is a central uh, 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 off-the-grid distribution, uh, uh, like a, a well, almost like the, the old uh, village well, where there would be uh, access to batteries and solar charging array uh, so that folks could uh, bring their portable devices and uh, and charge them up, uh, uh, ways that you could centralize uh, on a small scale, not a large scale, uh, the, the, the uh, off-the-grid operation that a, that a community would need to, uh, to stay 
empowered and also to empower itself uh, to cooperate amongst its David, like, thanks, uh, thanks so I much just, for yeah, your, your you ideas. Will. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. So th- those are some of the things that actually Ellsworth is talking about. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. David, that's a great idea to bring to um, the energy workshop on the 19th, on uh, March 19th. That's um, a really cool idea. And I know that the, that um, Climate to Thrive on Mount Desert Island is talking about um, getting more um, electronic vehicle, electric vehicle um, charging stations. Yep. So that's exactly what um, David has, has spoken there. And I'm sure that there's some composting projects going on. I, I have two um, dates, though, real quick. To, yeah. We were thinking about things coming up. And one was to actually throw the date out for that Cardbrook cleanup. It's May 5th. It's a Saturday. The cleanup's in the morning. Um, and then afterwards, it's going to be a gathering down at Harbor Park to kind of celebrate the union and then potentially some other activities throughout town, kind of centering on the river. Another thing coming up, um, actually, sure, in the, the nearer future, is a city council workshop and community forum that the city planning office has put together to, to bring some input in from the community around the dam relicensing. And that's happening Hopefully within the next two to three weeks, um, there's a federal deadline that ends April 9th, which is really the last chance for people to actually have a say in the relicensing process. And the city is confirmed with that same deadline, and they're uh, planning this workshop with regulators and um, I think the power company potentially will be there. And that's going to be in before the end of March. Um, I would say call the city and find out what day it's going to happen be the best way to find out when that's that's going on and hopefully it'll be advertised and your hope is that whatever happens in the licensing process that fish passage is improved oh yeah we, we hope that i mean this dam you know every 30 years you get a chance to relicense something and we're hoping that the river has been kind of borrowed by one one company we're hoping now if they're going to borrow it they're going to share share the river with everybody and, and get fish that belong there in it and um also start managing Graham Lake in a way that really enhances that resource. There's a you know, it's pretty amazing – I think it's the largest – one of the largest man-made lakes in Maine um, that is in Ellsworth and that is managed mostly for power production and, and really um, not a very healthy lake and not a great um, shoreline for recreation and, and, and the residents up there. So we're hoping that you get fish in, that, in this river um, over these two dams and they can go up and down safely and that, that lake starts – being managed in a way that increases habitat and and access and and the pro- and the property um, values stay stable in that region. or go up would be the hope Maybe, for, yeah sure. on Graham. I what? think I think it'd be really fitting you know if the the river that helped to build Ellsworth uh, also becomes the uh, the spark through restoration for the revitalization of that city. So mm-hmm. I think the timing is perfect. I mean, this, as Brett pointed out, this is uh, not exactly once in a lifetime, but about as close as you get to it, once in 30 years. Um, maybe you get a couple of those in a lifetime, but it's, it's an important opportunity. And uh, I think it's essential that uh, more work is done to, um, you know, ensure that the, the changes to the uh, engineering on this river work for, uh, for the fish and for the community. Mm. Let's just mention some of the other um, uh, projects. Uh, Mary Blackstone provided a list of, of, of things. You want to um, take a look at those and, and just highlight some of those. Uh, list our phone numbers one more time. I think you've got a, a tree canopy um, where 
workshop coming up, which would be really cool. Um, but one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. Give us a call to participate in our conversation about making Ellsworth a model green community. Um, Aaron, what's what else is coming up? Yeah, well, I think the one that you mentioned is happening on April sixteenth. That's uh, planting a canopy for Ellsworth's future, and uh, the organizer for this is the Ellsworth Garden Club. It's a cooperative, public-private approach to retreeing our city. Um, and, you know, that also reminds me, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of touching back on the, the compost comment from mm. our caller earlier, that, you know, this is a um, this is an initiative that's uh, business-friendly and it's people-friendly. And some of the opportunities are opportunities for the city and partners to take on. Some of those opportunities are for the businesses around Ellsworth as well. And I think that there's some great entrepreneurial opportunities uh, that that uh, are available for the city that, you know, the composting one is is, is potentially one of those, um, but this is uh, this is something that really needs everybody's buy-in from the businesses to the residents to the city. And and Mary has mentioned this notion that it's not just about a plan; it's about education. So citizens are learning, for instance, how to think about. Um, tree canopies in their own, um, what the city can do, but what they can do on their own property. I would assume that the same is true for composting kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. And where you can get more information on some of these is by finding the um, Ellsworth Green Plan on uh, Facebook. And we're going to continue to keep people informed and up to date on uh, events that are happening on that Facebook page. Great. We have another call, Frank from Lemoyne. Go ahead with your question or comment, please. Yeah, hi. I want to speak about the elephants along the river i.e. the dam history. Uh-huh. We don't need, don't need a dam any longer. Also, the next time developers come to Ellsworth, we ought to steer them down to uh, Pat Jordan's dump truck yard and up the road to uh, Maine Shellfish, the body shops. Uh, uh, we got rid of the uh, poop deposit there, the, the, the uh, sewer plant. So when those things are gone, Way in the future, like Mary said, the river will be back to being a vibrant situation. Well, those are hard things to tackle, I know that. But I'm sure that the, along the river that the dump truck guy would just soon sell it and move to his other pieces of property and let the next restaurant developer or shop developer come there. I know that's a big thing for Elsa. We're thinking that far in the future, but we're talking way out, like Mary said. That's great, Frank. Thanks so much for your call. one 625 9378 Comments about, um, it, we basically used the, the river, it went from manufacturing um, to um, the, the kinds of uses there now, which may not be appropriate for the future. Yeah, I think Frank's point about <clears throat> vision, it's really, I think that's a, it's a big step to really look at the river and the whole town, ta- and the whole city, actually. I think it's not just the river, it's the broader city of Ellsworth, and say, well, where are we going? And that's that was part of the impetus behind this the steering committee. And um, yeah, the, we're hoping I mean, we hope there's a way to sort of preserve those, right. yeah preserves the, ener- the energy needs of the city and also look at um, fish passage and have a healthy river. But just trying to vision something different is a big step. Sure. So um, as as we begin to to wrap up the hour, um, ask you about again the same question I asked Mary. Uh, what's impressed you so far about this effort? What uh, excites you? What keeps you involved? 
Well, I think the enthusiasm from the community, as both Brett and Mary have mentioned, I mean, I've also had people come up to me and ask about it, ask how they could get involved and just say, hey, this is great work. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely really excited about that. And, and it's not any one particular interest group. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a broad cross-section of the city. And I think it's important to remember that the city is the service center hub for the whole Down East region, the Blue Hill Peninsula and, and other surrounding areas. So, you know, what happens here in Ellsworth is a big deal for, for Down East Maine. Mm-hmm. Brett, what, what's impressed you so far? I won't say much more. It's the people – the energy in the city, so uh-huh. I said earlier. Yeah, and uh, Aaron, you were reminding us that uh, listeners can can uh, locate the uh, uh, Ellsworth Green Plan on on a website. Absolutely, and you know we're we're on um, uh, Facebook, uh, the Frenchman Bay Conservancy, and the uh, the Green Plan uh, for Ellsworth are on Facebook, and I know Downey Salmon Federation is as well. So there's, uh, and we're also often sharing each other's events. So, so uh, the events that I mentioned, um, March nineteenth. Powering Change, uh, Saving Our Planet, Saving Money, uh, 7 p.m. event at the Moore Center. Uh, you, you could find that on Facebook and the others that are coming up as well. So stay tuned. There will be a lot of opportunities for people to get involved, and that's exactly what we want is to hear back from as many people as we can. Any advice for communities outside of Ellsworth that might be thinking about some of these same issues? Um, any any um, early starting points that you can think to suggest? Yeah, well, you know, just just to think about um, what are some of the tools that communities have and, you know, how can businesses participate in kind of augmenting those tools as well. So, um, you know, what's what's most important to people? I think just kind of keeping a finger on the pulse for that and understanding that, you know, being open for business um, is sort of reconciling that with uh, the livable uh, community, making sure that you've got a community where people want to live, as Mary pointed out early on. I mean, that's it's exactly that sort of thing that, that communities need to wrestle with as they're planning for the future. Mm. Brett, what would you add? What would you say to a community that says, um, we haven't done any of this kind of planning in the past. Um, where do we start? I'd say do what Mary did and uh-huh. bring people together. Bring a, a diverse group of people. I mean, the Ellsworth, the steering committee has arborists and landscape architects and historians and gardeners and retired teachers and conservationists and fisher. I mean, fisher people. Do that in your own town, and hopefully the ideas come out of that. So, so that that kind of recognize the diversity, but get those people around the table. Yep. Great. Thanks so much for being with us here on Talk of the Towns. We've come to that time when we're at the end of our hour. Um, Be sure to join us from 10 to 11 on the second Friday of each month for Talk of the Towns. Podcasts of our program can be found on the archive section of the WERU website. If you have comments or suggestions for topics for future programs, please email us at news at weru.org. And tune in to our companion program, Coastal Conversations with Natalie Springle of the University of Maine Sea Grant, uh, 10 to 11 on the fourth Friday of each month. Our theme music is a medley from Coronac on a Balnane House Highland music recording. Thanks again to our guests in the studio, Aaron Doherty of French's Bay Conservancy, Brett Ciccatelli of Downey Salmon Federation. Thanks to those who are on the phone with us, uh, the originator of, of this wonderful effort, Mary Blackstone of the Ellsworth Garden Club, Cara Romano of the Heart of Ellsworth, and Nick Navarre, a citizen working on walkability issues. Thanks to uh, our, uh, those who called in with your questions and experience. Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to Amy Brown for engineering our program. And stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning.
Support for WERU comes from our...